Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Justin Madden's got the sit, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthews in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Thank you, Matthew. G'day to you and g'day to you. Wherever you're listening, and it's right around the globe. The response we're getting to This Is Your Footy Life is just amazing. Today's guest is a star. That's my words, not his, because he has made an indelible impression on the game forever, and it's moved on, but weren't they exciting days? Can you guess who it is? 182 games at the highest level for South Melbourne, Dash Sydney and Carlton. A 1987 Premiership player and a Norm Smith medalist. Ha-ha. So he's elite. Carlton Football Club Hall of Fame. And this will give it away, folks. The most reported player in VFL-AFL history charged 25 times. He is David Rees-Jones. And Rees, lovely to have you on the show. Thanks very much, Rex. Yeah, I'm... I'm a member of the Carlton Hall of Fame and a member of the AFL Hall of Shame, I think. So uh... No, you're certainly not, because because uh, before we get into the crux of when you were a kid and what made you so good, um, that was then and this is now. And if they'd have more cameras back then, mate, you and I had been in jail. <laughs> Just about, yeah, yeah. I think we might have had to change our ways a little bit there. Has the game moved on for the better with the scrutiny? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, not not that it's a better game. I mean, the game's still the same. You've got to get the ball through the goals uh, more than your opponent. And there's, I think certain things don't change. But um, certainly, um, you know, the, the, the stuff that was around in the 70s and 80s and the head-high stuff was, uh, yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm glad that's out of the game anyway. The other evening I watched uh, David Attenborough uh, talking about animals of the sea and the land and the, the the expression was kill or be killed that's a bit hard for what i'm going to ask you what but was it uh, defend yourself or end up uh, down in the vfa was that the way it is that you had to survive and stand up oh exactly i, I think when i first started i was a 17 year old skinny kid i was about 10 and a half stone ringing wet sort of thing so uh yeah been, and you're mixing them with the big boys and um yeah, obviously, if they knew you had a, um, uh, oh, I suppose I could say a temper or, or yeah. whatever you want to call it, um, then opposition coaches would um, send blokes out to niggle you and annoy you. And, um, yeah, yeah, things w- would uh, explode from there. 
As a skinny kid, were you bullied or similar, or did you stand up to the biggest bloke in the pack like we all do? Pick him out. He's always the weakest one. He's always the one with the heart as big as a pea. Did you have any of that through your junior ranks? Oh, no, no, not at all. It's, it's funny. I was, I was never, ever in any uh, any sort of strife uh, through junior football. So, Don't go uh, tell me you're a choir boy either, will you? The... You weren't a choir boy. <laughs> it wasn't until I got to the VFL, <laughs> you know. And, um, yeah, look, that's, you know, that, that was... Uh, that was obviously what was considered a weakness of mine. So opposition coaches would send these spuds out to go and drive me mad, I suppose. When I was running the boundary for Parkdale in the Federal League, we used to play the Oakley Districts and the Peak Brothers. I think there were 49 Peaks yeah. and, gee, they were tough. <laughs> uh, you played for Oakley Districts in the Federal with Warwick Kappa. It was a tough, tough league at all levels. Yeah, look, it, it was. I only actually had the one year there, but um, which was my last year. Um, the club I normally played with, Oakley Youth Club, which is now Oakley Dragons, uh, they they couldn't field an under seventeen team, so I went and played under eighteens at Oakley Districts, and yeah. uh, and from there to South Melbourne. Were you always what? I don't want to embarrass you or not, but what, what did you always think? I'm I'm above average, and I want to see how far I can go. Oh, look, I always had ambitions to uh, to play uh, VFL football as it was then. I mean, that wow. was the pinnacle. And, and uh, yeah, look, I was, I was a Richmond supporter as a young kid. I had uh, number four on the back of me, Guernsey. And, well, Royce uh, Hart, yeah. Royce Hart. And, and, and then and, Jeff Raines well, later on, yeah. Yeah, and then, look, it was a great era for Richmond. I know you were part of that. Yeah. But, uh, it was a magnificent era for the Richmond Football Club. And, and I, I actually grew up in a family of six and the other five all barrack for Carlton, so... Um, yeah, it was an interesting time through the 70s. Tell us about uh, your journey from the lower grades to South Melbourne. Um, I'm sure they were still at the Lakeside Oval. Tell us about yep. the circumstances, Reese Jones, uh, David Reese Jones, that saw you arrive at the Lakeside Oval, uh, a side and a ground steeped in, in VFL tradition back then. Yeah, look, I, I um, at the end of, um, towards the end of 1979, um, as I said, I had one year at, at the Oakley Districts and their under-18s, and I won the competition medal for that uh, that particular year. Mm. And I got invited down. Greg Miller had a, what, what he called a Kazali squad, which got all the best kids from the four zones that they had. Um, um so that was uh, the Eastern Zone there where I was in Oakley yep. uh, or Clayton. And, um, and that incorporated Noble Park and a few other suburbs out that way, Clayton and so forth. And uh, there was a team from Wagga. There was a team from, oh, I can't remember where the other two. Oh, one, one in the Western Suburbs and and one elsewhere. And we played, we just played uh, the Kazali squad round robin um, matches against uh, each other. And yeah. um, from there, I... I think I won the award for the best player on that day, and uh, I was invited down to under 19s training. I, I had, uh, I think I only trained once or twice with the under 19s, and I was invited to uh, step up and play in a, in a, in a practice match, an yeah. inter club practice match at South Melbourne, and uh, did okay in that. And, and yeah, it was history from there, sort of thing. You're listening to David Rhys-Jones on This Is Your Footy Life, brought to you with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers Funerals, who celebrate lives. And uh, don't get worried, Rhys. She's not coming to an end, mate, but I can get you 20% off uh, from James McLeod. But uh, on a serious note, they've been wonderful, Tobin Brothers, because they believe 
that you shouldn't say at all when you pass. And uh, this was the concept of finding out about you people. And it's great to have you on board and we appreciate your time. Um, I just need to backtrack a bit. When you went to the Lakeside Oval and you mentioned the Kazali squad, were you made a, well, you would have known how big the name Skilton was, but were you made aware of the former stars, the household names and the tradition of the, of, of, of the South Melbourne Swans, you know, people like Laurie Nash and these type of people, yeah. uh, Fred Goldsmith won a Brownlow. Were you made aware as a young person that these are the stars that you want to try and get to their level? Oh, look, I, I was a I was a footy sponge back as a kid. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I kicked the footy around the backyard at every opportunity. I read uh, books about football. I knew every player's number back then. I, I, I loved football and it was a huge part of my life growing up sort of thing. So, Anything that had anything to do with football, I was always interested in, and, and the yeah. history of the game and, and so forth. Uh, yeah, was was um, and, and and obviously when you when you get to a, a, a VFL club as they were then, you, you get to meet these people, and yes. uh, you realise you know they're, they're they're no different. They've got two arms and two legs, and uh, they're no different to anyone else. And as Lee Matthews says, if it bleeds, you can kill it. <laughs> That's it. Which is why he was such a fantastic well, player. Is. It's a common denominator. It's a bit of mongrel, and uh, but off the field, you're shaken by the hand, and they're great people after they knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lethal. Um, 1982, did you get wind earlier on that uh, South Melbourne were moving to Sydney? When did you first become aware that you might be playing the, the game at the highest level in a, in a city that a lot of people had no idea what VFL football was about? Yeah, look, um, it, it, it was brought to the attention of the players that uh, at, at the end of 1981 that um, the VFL wanted South Melbourne to move to Sydney. Um, it really, it, 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 it split the club in half. Basically, half the players wanted to move, and I was, I was part of that, um, and half wanted to stay. And... Um, yeah, look, it was very, very difficult times. We were sold a bit of a pup by the, by the you know, the, the powers to be at the VFL. I mean, we we're, were told we're going up to the, uh, obviously the biggest uh, uh, capital city in Australia would be one out up there. So therefore, there'd be 11 teams competing for, for money and so forth yeah. in, in Melbourne. And, uh, and we'd be one out in Sydney and uh, all the riches and the players and everything was going to, Happened, but unfortunately, we're we're a team who finished probably I don't know, we probably finished about ninth or tenth or eighth or whatever in in, in uh, 1981, and we're sent up there, and uh, we, we we got given nothing really um, by the by the VFL. I mean, yeah. you look at what what's happened with the Gold Coast and GWS these days, and, and the incentives and the and the, and the people, but uh, we we really had to battle up there. And the was, facilities were Schiesenhausen, Reese Jones. Oh look, we didn't even know where we were training. So we'd, we'd obviously we all worked, but we'd have to ring the club at uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon to find out where we were going to be training that night. So that you know it was it, it was tough times. But the one thing it did do, it brought that group of players um, pretty tight together. And uh, I think if people remember back in those early days of the Swans, um, yeah. we didn't have a great team, but we were bloody hard to beat up there anyway. Tell us how you, uh, the circumstances that led to you having that nasty break in your leg, and uh, I suppose fate is the is the is the thing I'm looking for. That the, the Carlton Club doctor at the time, who was Carlton, your opposition, you had made an appointment with the Carlton Club doctor. Tell us about that. 
Well, that that was at South Melbourne in nineteen eighty, and it was yeah. my fourth game. And I, I actually, um, I went to trip over a bloke, um, a big ruckman, Hanson, who played for, uh, I think it was Hanson who played for Fitzroy at the Junction Oval there, and and actually, um, he's run through my leg like it was a twig, which it probably looked like to him, but, uh, and um, yeah, no, I. Uh, I rolled over a few times, and at the end of the game, I was South Melbourne didn't have the money for doctors or anything back then. So, but they had enough for a pair of crutches, so they had a, they gave me a pair of crutches, and I was um, I remember standing up in the in the uh, social club there at the Junction Oval, and I was I was sweating, I was in a bit of pain and yeah. and everything, and um, and I just had a bandage, you know, loosely sort of wrapped around my knee, and standing there on crutches and and. A Fitzroy supporter actually said, "Oh, you don't look too good." And I said, "No." I said, "I've got to get going." And uh, and he, uh, this Fitzroy supporter actually gave me a lift home to uh, where I lived. I got up. I was supposed to have an appointment with the doctor, Carlton's doctor, who was Richard Ward at the time. And um, the next day, and uh, he something happened there, and I couldn't couldn't have an appointment with him. So I was actually left there for two days. With I didn't get to see any see him till the Monday. They thought I'd hurt done my knee. Because it was actually the top bone, the femur, and it was uh, broken at the uh, at the bottom of the, the, the mm, femur. So nasty. had a crack in it there. So it wasn't a great, yeah, great, uh, no. great start. But um, yeah, that that was that was how South Melbourne was back then. It was you know they didn't have the money to afford doctors and that, so they yeah. did a bit of sharing with other clubs. Well, out of the break, uh, we're talking to David. <clears throat> Pardon me, we're talking to David Rhys-Jones about his colourful career, but a most successful career. The move to Carlton's coming up where he became a household name and a premiership player and a Norm Smith medalist. That's uh, pretty good credentials as far as I'm concerned. But out of the break, Lou Richards was once quoted to say that uh, Rhys could be one of the best footballers around if he wasn't trying to be the middleweight boxing champion of Australia. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later on, the great Lou Richards. Goodness me, don't we all owe him a great deal of thanks for starting the entertainment in football. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life, brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Celebrating the footy life and other times of David Rhys-Jones. And when the history of the game is written, young Rhys will take his rightful place in the history of the game. They were the colourful years. That's what people... Uh, like Lou Richards and Jack Dyer, really thrived on the characters of the game. And uh, I'm getting towards, uh, you know, the end of my career in broadcasting over such a long period of time. And the only thing that I can say, folks, is I'm disappointed that we're not allowed to get these big characters, you know, the Pluggers and Lee Matthews and Reese Jones, these sort of things. But that was then and this was now. Uh, David Reese jones has joined us right around the globe. And uh, as I said before the break, uh, Reese. Louis thought that you'd be better off down at the Stouse, uh, the House of Stouse at West Melbourne Stadium, uh, uh, instead of uh, playing footy. <laughs> I remember, I remember another one. Lou said, he said, he said that kid Reece Jones. He said he goes to the footy, he puts his bag down, he puts his head in the locker and pulls a pumpkin out and puts that on. And uh, he um, mightn't have been too far wrong sometimes. Um, how did you go from a slender wingman who could be blown away by a fairy's flatulence? to a hard-bodied utility 
who could match it with the very, very best. And no better example, David Rees-Jones, than your Norm Smith medal. Uh, tough and rugged. You must have had to work very hard on that. Oh, look, uh, yeah, um, you know, I mean, obviously, footy has its ups and downs along the way. And um, and I, I felt I always um, performed better, um, you know, the bigger challenges that were put in front of me sort of thing. And, and obviously, on that particular day, you know, I was given the task on Dermot Burton and, um, and, and Dermot, you know, a great player, a match winner for Hawthorne. Yeah. And, um, you know, my job was to, to quieten him. And, and I did my job. But I got a lot of help from, you know, we had some good guys on the back line yeah. back then. And Peter Dean and, and, and Stephen Silvani, Tommy Elvin, um, Ian Aiken was there then. And so, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty good mix of players and we, we, we combined pretty well. How much did 12 months earlier on uh, have on you for just putting your head down and your backside up and say, I'm going to, you know, play a lot better when Gary Ayres won the Norm Smith on you in 1986? <laughs> like, I had uh, Robert Walls win one on me in 72, mate, and he still reminds me of it over scones. I said, turn it up, Wallsy. But it, do- <laughs> it does really great at you, doesn't it? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, I, 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 had, a, uh, I had a pretty good second semi-final in... in, in um, in '86, and and when when Ezzy lined up on me in the grand final, I thought, oh, beautiful! I'm I'm, I'm pretty happy with that because it wasn't a position he was uh, comfortable in. But um, no, things didn't turn out the way I or, or or our club expected that day. But I think we're we're probably a little bit overawed. A lot of us. It was yeah. the first uh, first final a lot of us had played in. We had Kernahan and Bradley and Motley across from. Uh, and a few others from the West sort of thing. So it was, it was a new experience for a lot of us and um, probably were a little bit overawed on the day. But uh, we worked hard over the over the summer months and, uh, yeah, we were given the opportunity, you know, the next year to, to get revenge and, and we are lucky enough to be able to do that. How far into grand final week in 87 uh, were you told that uh, the kid, Dermot Brereton, was yours because he was actually in the peak of his form, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, Dermot was a great player over, over you know, quite a number of years. And, and, and you know, they, they, they say centre-half uh, forward's the hardest position on the ground to play. And if that's the case, then centre-half-back must be the easiest position to play. So, um, yeah, look, that was uh, that was my position for that day. But I found out on the Thursday night, and as we did after training, um, you'd go into the room and the names and and the, the team would be up on the board. So that was the first I knew of it. And I, I knew then and there I, I, I had a big uh, big job to do. But, uh, you know, I had the confidence in the teammates and I had enough confidence in myself to be able to do it. So um, I certainly wasn't going to get overawed by that situation. David Rees-Jones has joined us on This Is Your Football Life, brought to you with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives and thanks for tuning the dial right around this planet, folks. All those years down the track, what now does the Norm Smith medal mean to you when you just glance at it? Oh, look, I mean, it's a team game we play. And, and, and while it's good to have that um, individual award, I suppose these days, you know, I can get introduced as a Norm Smith medalist, not just that uh, bloody idiot who got reported 25 times sort of thing. Yes. So, uh so you can hang your hat on, on on a few things that you could play football as well as um, as well as the other stuff. But uh, so yeah, look, it's it's um, the premiership is, is what, what what is the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why we play football. It's why we 
we did the hard yards, you know, over pre-season and, and trained through the wet and muddy nights and everything. And, uh, you know, that's that's why you, you play the game. And if you're not playing to do that with, with your teammates, then you, you, you shouldn't be in the game. Bobby Skilton said publicly many years ago that you can have all of my Brownlows and there's only a handful of people who can talk about Brownlows in plural, he said, for one premiership. Do you agree yep. with him? Oh, exactly. It is why you play the game. And, and if, if we're a you know, 100-metre sprinter or a high jumper or something and you're going for gold at the Olympics, then you're the individual and you can take all the accolades. But uh, when you're playing a team sport, you have to um, rely on each other. And, and there's, you know, there's a lot, you know, you can't do, you know, one person can't win a premiership. You, yeah. need, uh, you need a lot of years of 18 on the ground out there all, all the time um, doing the right things and doing it for each other. Collingwood brag about their Rat Pack. Well, it'd be a minnow compared to what was at Carlton out there. You played hard off the field and on the field. Uh, do you agree with me that it is essential to have just that little bit of mongrel on the liver, but also to do it with blokes who are your mates and would actually fight for you? Oh, exactly. I mean, we, 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 we had a good social life, but um, I can tell you, you know, when it comes down to whether it be training or... or or match day, um, the focus then was, um, and it wouldn't have mattered, you know, if you were out till whatever hour of the morning, the night before, and you, you had to get to Sunday morning training, well, that was it. And, um, you had to get there and do the, do the work that needed to be done. So that was part and parcel of footy back in the 80s. It was, it was a great on and off the field, and um, quite often you'd be out with a you know, group of your teammates, and there'd be you know, group of Essendon players or Collingwood players, Footscray, whoever, you know, all out there at the same place, enjoying each other's company and having a few beers. And, uh, yeah, it was all, all good. It was real good days back then. That's all uh, All it's about. Um, now, if you go to the tribunal, the code that the players of ethics uh, comes on, uh, they dub on each other now. You didn't in those days. 42 occasions you went uh, for 25 or 42 charges. Uh, 25 times, and the other 17, uh, you were the defendant. Your opponent's yeah. got 24 weeks, and you got 22. Did you have photos of someone on that panel? <laughs> we, we, I, I can tell you, by, 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 by the end of the time you go in there, that many times, uh, uh, you, 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 know, um, you know how to lie pretty good, to be honest, because... Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember, you know, one of the more famous ones was Dennis Banks, and 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 you know, he, he looked at me before we went in, and he said, "What do you think?" I said, "Mate, you're going to get about eight for this." I said, "I'll do my best for you," but uh, <laughs> and he only got three weeks, so I reckon I done him a favour anyway. I reckon I got him an extra five games in his career, but uh, I even got Andrew Demetrio off. He, he got well, there a you are. hit me one day, so Fantastic. there you go. I, I could upset anyone out in the football field. Well, it's just been great to chat with you. I've just got a couple of personal things to ask, and. Uh... You can answer them the way you want to, but our people will want to know because you're a fascinating character. And as I said, you'll take your rightful place in the history of this game when it's written in full. Uh, what are you doing these days, David uh, Rhys-Jones? I'm working for a company called MC Labor, and um, we're a labor in the construction industry, and I go around and uh, find jobs for our candidates and uh, yeah, get them out working. So Magnificent. And that's all going well. From a selfish point of view, what do you enjoy... And what do you do for yourself? Oh, gee, not much anymore. I've got five kids, so... Uh, you obviously yeah, had problems with your television, <laughs> did you? I've had a couple of marriages, and I've got, I've got kids from 30 down to 11, so... Magnificent. Uh, 
And, um, no, they're all good and all going well. So, you know, the little boy's got a bit of a disability, but uh, he's, he's going okay. And Brings out the character pretty... in families, doesn't it? Yeah. We're, I reckon, uh, actually, if you could love any more in a family, you might love uh, a little bit more when you have that. Uh, do you get to the footy often, David? I do. I go to every Carlton home game. I do a little bit of work for, uh, for the club. And, look, I am see one of their... Um, uh, the Blues Coterie, which is one of their, their good Coterie groups there. And, um, yeah, so I go to every home game. And I, I do go to a few of the other games as well. And uh, I quite enjoy the footy. And um, while the Blues haven't been travelling too well, there's some good signs there at the moment. You are a star. I didn't mean to embarrass you at all. But uh, <laughs> the way that uh, people and the like of you people just uh, say yes to this is great. Because the fans just want to know uh, <clears throat> about the stars and been very good of you to give uh, your time to us today uh, david reese jones no worries thank you very much rex and uh i was a bit worried when you said they're sponsored by the tobin brothers but anyway i didn't know whether i was on my last legs or not but um, i'm going strong i'm building up a bit of a rapport with james mcleod and the board out there and i reckon uh, at a pinch if we had to we could get 25 percent off it mate <laughs> hopefully that's a long way down the track <laughs> great memories and uh you were just a joy to watch and broadcast, and uh, thanks again for your time. Thank you, Rex. David Rhys-Jones. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.